If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, we have extra Bibles. We'll be glad to let you use one of ours. Hold up your hand. And go with us, please, to John, the 14th chapter, Gospel account of John, chapter 14. And let's continue in our series we've been on for some weeks now, on the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus. Actually, for the last several weeks, you could call it the works of Jesus. Couldn't you? But is there any connection between the words of Jesus and the works of Jesus? Well, certainly. I want us to back up in chapter 14. We've been reading verse 21 as our text. Well, let's just read it and then we'll back up. We'll do both. Verse 21, Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Thank you, Lord. Put the Amplified of that up on the screen, please. That verse. He said... You know, whoever loves me will keep my words, and that means you respect them, you receive them, you remember them, you do them, keeping his words. It's not just the person that says the loudest or the most frequently, I love the Lord, that actually loves him. Who loves the Lord? Those who receive and keep. Do his words. And that's not some man's idea. That's what he said. And he went on to say. The person who does really love him. And demonstrates it by keeping his words. Obeying him. He said I will show myself. I will reveal. Manifest myself to him. The Amplified says. I will let myself be clearly seen. By him. And make myself real. To him. Now, if you know anything about him, this means something to you, doesn't it? There's a whole lot of people that talk about God, and not nearly as many that actually know anything about him, that know him. And uh, we're not interested around here in debating doctrine and just talking head knowledge about God. We want to know him experience him and it's not just believing in God the Bible said the devils believe in God well that don't help them much does it (laughs) it's not just believing in God but look here loving God do you love the Lord Jesus if you don't what are you doing if he's not real to you if you're not communing with him you're not getting to know him you don't love him You don't realize that he loves you. Then what are you doing? It's just a dead religion. That means nothing. And you can pray, 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 pray. And it just be vain repetitions. And not mean one thing. And it's sad. But there's a lot of religious people all over the world. And if something doesn't change before they die. They're not going to heaven. They don't know him. They've never been born again, but they've been to church all their life. Now, that's sad. I said, that's sad. My father in the faith, uh, Kenneth Hagin, who's in heaven now, he tells the testimony, if you've read his materials or heard, about how that uh, as a 16-year-old boy, he died, left his body, and went down. He said, down, down, down. He said, it was so dark, you could feel the darkness. And he saw orbs of fire in the distance. And he knew, I'm going to hell. 16 years old. He said it felt like something was just pulling him in. And somewhere in there, he knew if he ever went past those gates, he'd never come out. And he began to scream, God, I'm a member of the church. God, I've been baptized in water. And he's going straight to hell. Isn't that something? Now that's sobering, isn't it? What did Jesus say? You must be a member in a church. 
You must be baptized in water. You must shake the preacher's hand. You must attend. No, what did he say? You must be born again. And people have substituted all that. They've substituted infant baptism, church attendance, shaking preacher's hands, good deeds, charitable works, all kind of stuff. That will not save you. What does it mean being born again? It means something happens to you spiritually and you know him. Now you don't know all there is to know about him, but he's real to you. You know him. You know his love. He loves you. And it's all summed up in this. You don't just believe in him. You don't just talk about him. You love him. How many here can raise your hand and say, I love him. I don't just believe in him. I love him. Now, if that's unclear to you, friend, you're in trouble. He said that happened to him more than once. He said he was screaming. Well, he came back. His mother was praying and others were praying. He came back and then he died again. He said the same thing happened. He said he was screaming, God, I'm a member of the church. God, I've been baptized in water. And he's going straight to hell. And he said, a voice spoke from above. Oh, wow. He said it wasn't in English. He didn't understand what it said. But it felt like a vacuum got a hold of him from the back and just pulled him right out of there. And he said he was praying at the top of his voice when he got back in his body and he got born again. Oh, hallelujah. And then served the Lord for, you know, 60 some odd, whatever years. But, you know, you must be born again. And when you're born again, you know him and you love him. We know that we've passed from death unto life. Why? Because we love, we love. We love the brethren. Where did we get that love? It came from him. It's the love that he is. It's the love that he has for us. It's the love that's been shed abroad in our hearts. So people talk about God, somebody proving God to them. I know there are millions of people on this planet that don't believe in God. And there's a lot of people in this country anymore. It's gotten worse in some ways. A lot of people that don't go to church and a lot of people that say, well, you know, they're atheists or they're agnostic. If there is a God, I don't know. And I don't know that you can know him. And people get a a bad attitude. Say, well, prove to me that there's a God. Well, that's not our job. And we, you're not to feel responsible to prove the existence of God to anybody because God purposely hides himself from those that don't believe. I'm quoting Isaiah 45:15. But he reveals himself to those who believe enough to obey. So to those who don't believe in him, it's going to be to them like there is no God. And the more unbelief they're in, the less they'll see and know. The Bible said, unless I had believed to see. It's not seeing and then you're going to believe. How does it work? You believe and then you see. Well, show me and I'll believe. Well, you can die in your sins like that. You're the created. You don't tell the creator how to do it. Well, I don't care. I'm, you got to prove to me. He ain't got anything to prove to you. You're sitting on a planet that he made. You're breathing air that he made. Your next heartbeat comes from him, whether you got a sense enough to know it or not. He's got nothing to prove to you. You got something to prove to him. And the thing that we're to prove is that even though we don't see, we believe. And if you'll do that, it qualifies you and opens up a whole world. Of the reality of God. And faith without works is dead. If you believe enough, you're going to act on what you believe. And when you do, you act on what he told you to do. Tell me what Jesus told you he would do for you. He will make himself real to you. He will unfold and unveil and reveal and manifest himself to you. Are you interested in this at all? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Now back up earlier in the chapter here, let's read some more of this. Verse 7, Jesus had told them in verse 6 that he was the way, he is the way, the truth and the life. 
And verse 7, he said, if you'd known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth you know him, and you've seen him. And Philip said to the Lord, show us the father. Now you're going to see how many times you see this word show. Show and see. Show us the father. Jesus said to him, have I been so long time with you? And have you not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen. Somebody say, has seen. Has seen. seen The Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now these works that we're talking about, wouldn't these be manifestations of him? Wouldn't these be him showing himself and revealing himself in these works? See, all this is connected. And notice with Philip that he said, Lord, show us the Father. Jesus talked so much about the Father and about how the Father showed him and how the Father spoke. The Father, the Father. And Philip just kind of burst out and says, well, show us the Father. You keep talking about him. And what did Jesus say? Philip, I've been with you all this time. And let me paraphrase a little bit. And you don't know what you've been seeing. Now, here's the thing. Had Philip and all the disciples, had they been seeing already more than they knew they were seeing? Oh, friend, this is such a revelation right here. Can you see and not see? Can you see and have things right in front of you, amazing things and wonderful things, and not even notice them? See, friend, this is the problem. It's not that we have not been seeing. If you're a born-again child of God, you have been seeing from Him. The question is, have you acknowledged it? And did you realize what you just saw? Go to Matthew, please, the 13th chapter. Matthew 13. Matthew 13 and 13. Jesus said, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, what? See not, and hearing they, what? Hear not, neither do they understand. Do you have the picture now? People are seeing, but they're not seeing. They're hearing, but they're not hearing. Do you suppose this happens a lot now, today? Oh, certainly it does. You know, as preachers, we don't like to think about this too much, but it's happening. People are hearing, but they're not hearing. They're seeing. I mean, the verses are in front of people's eyes and and the sounds are bouncing off their ears, but they're not hearing. They're not seeing. We've had the privilege of speaking in a lot of different churches and a lot of different places and conferences. And if I've heard this once, I've heard it scores of times. I'm there and I minister on a subject and some of the people get excited and they receive and go, glory to God, I never saw that. I never saw that. That straightens everything up for me. And I get in the car with the pastor and he just shakes his head and says, I've been teaching on that for 10 years. (laughs) But they didn't see it. He'd been using some of the same verses, talking about some of the same things. You know, there's just one Holy Ghost. He's doing similar things all over the world. But they didn't see it. And they didn't hear it. And we can all relate. Can't we? Anybody in here relate that you heard something and heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it. And then one day you thought, glory to God. When did that get in there? When did that? It's been in there all the time. I know I had the privilege of uh, 
I mentioned Brother Kenneth Hagin a moment ago. Had the privilege of working at his ministry in the healing school and healing center when they first opened it. And I was there in the beginning days. I was sitting on the front row. Years passed and I was still involved. And one of my jobs was to monitor and review some of the older tapes. That's a good job, isn't it? I did that hours and hours on end. And, oh, this would have been several years later. I'm reviewing some of these tapes, and I'm thinking, man, glory to God, that is good. I listened to the teaching, and then I thought, man, I must not have been there that day. And the camera would pan, and there I am right there on the front row (laughs) taking notes, and I'm thinking, wow. (laughs) I was there, and I didn't, this just right over me. I didn't get it. Well, you know, there's several things going on. One is you can just see and hear and not see and hear. Another is... As you grow, you see differently and you hear differently. As you grow, you'll hear the same thing, but you'll get different things out of it. Isn't that right? How many know it's important that you keep coming, that you keep hearing, that you keep being involved because, you know, there's a lot going on and you may have thought, well, I've already heard that. What well, did you? It might have bounced off your eardrums, but how much of it did you really hear? Did you really get? And so he goes on to say that seeing they see not and hearing they hear not. Verse 14, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, by hearing you shall hear and shall not understand. And seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. Everybody say perceive. He says, for this people's heart is waxed gross. Now that word means thick and unfeeling. And their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes, now read that phrase with me, their eyes what? They have closed. Who closed their eyes? They closed their own eyes. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Read verse 16 with me, though. It says, but blessed are your eyes for what? For they see. Somebody say, my eyes see. see. And your ears, blessed are your ears, for they hear. For verily I say to you, many prophets and righteous men have desired to see the things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear the things which you hear and have not heard them. Are we a privileged group? Living in this time, and in this, oh, surely this applies to us. I'm telling you, we've had more revelation and more light and more truth in the past 20 years, 50 years, right? And then God's given the technology to just send it all over the world, almost in the blink of an eye. If anybody ought to have eyes to see and ears to hear, ought to be us. We ought to be the seeing and hearing generation. And knowing and understanding. But on the other hand, you have to watch with so much available that you don't get calloused. And close your eyes and hear, and think you know it. And think you see it. And yet are not seeing and hearing. Now go with me please to John 8. Actually, go to John 5. Then we'll go to 8, I think. We'll do it that way. We've been studying in the words of Jesus and we've got to... John 5 and hadn't been able to get out. And that's okay. Because it deals with the heart of what is in so many of the following chapters. I don't know if you've realized or not, but we're talking about John 5, but we're also talking about John 8 and 6 and 13 and 14 and 15. Because this, this is what keeps manifesting. It started with Jesus walking over to the man at the pool of Bethesda. To that one man. And saying those things to him. And the man being raised up and healed supernaturally. 38 years he'd been like that. This is a miracle isn't it? And Jesus just spoke to him. And it happened and he was healed. It shook the whole city. And the religious leaders got angry. Is this still the way. That God would shake cities and towns. And areas. Through miracles. Healings and deliverances and signs. Absolutely. And so they got so upset because this man was healed and they said it was because of the Sabbath day. 
And so they're taking him to task and they're accusing him. The Bible said they want to kill him. Isn't that something? Want to kill him because a man got healed. That's blind, isn't it? And it's because you've closed your own eyes. But notice in the fifth chapter and the 17th verse, Jesus answered them and said, My father works hitherto and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only broken the Sabbath, but also said God was his father, making himself equal with God. You know, a lot of times he's already having trouble and he just said things and made it worse. <laughs> you know, we've talked about this before. You know, one of their biggest contentions is that he healed and did things on the Sabbath day. If he could have just ministered healing to them the day before or the day after, could he have? Hmm? Could he have? The answer is no. He couldn't have. Now if that sounds strange to you, we're about to read why we say it. Based on what he said. But we need mind renewal. So many folk are quick to say, well yeah, he's Jesus. He could do anything he wants to. He said different. We've been taught error from the pulpits. People meant well. They thought they're exalting and glorifying Jesus. And yet they're contradicting the Bible. They're contradicting what Jesus said. How many know that can't be glorifying the Lord? Keep reading. They got upset because he's referred to God as his father. And verse 19, Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say to you, I can heal anybody any day I want. Because I'm Jesus. You know why I'm saying this? Because we're pressing up against a holy cow right now. (laughs) Yes, you just kick back. You know what I mean? Traditions. Well, Jesus is the Son of God. He certainly is. Jesus could do anything he wanted to. He said he couldn't. Now, which one are you going to believe? Now, people try to say, well, well, Jesus, he opened the eyes of the blind and, and he opened the ears of the deaf. Why? Because he's Jesus. He's the son of God. He caused the lame to walk. He cast out devils. He walked on the sea. Why? Because he's the son of God. That sounds right, but it leaves the wrong impression. He is the son of God. Was and always will be. But you're implying he did those things as God. And that's wrong. I said, that's wrong. We just got through reading John 14. He said, the works that I do, shall you do. Now, if he did them as God, you ain't God. (laughs) And I'm not God. I can't heal people just because I want to. Or any day or any time I decide to. Nor can you. And the man and woman that said they could is a liar. Did you hear me? No. There's been many a time. If I could have done something for somebody, I would have. And you would have. No. I can't heal anybody just when I decide to. I can't heal anybody, period. Nor can you. Well, so-and-so can. No, they can't. No, they can't. Jesus never took credit for one healing that happened in his ministry. Did he? Have you read this? Come on. (laughs) Put your eyes on this page. Put your eyes right here. Verse 19. Everybody, please, put your eyes on these words. Are we looking at red letters here? Red letters? You know who said that? Tell me what Jesus said. The Son can do nothing of Himself. You believe that or not? But what He sees the Father do. For what things soever He does, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all things that Himself doeth. And He will show Him greater works than these that you may marvel. Show, show, show. What could Jesus do? He said, I can, what I see the Father do, that's what I do. What I hear Him say, that's what I say. 
Well then, if Jesus did what he did as a man, anointed by the Spirit, and he would anoint us with the same Spirit, then we can see the glorious possibility of us having the same kind of thing. If he did them as God, then how in the world are we ever going to do it? You can't. But if this is true, and it has to be, the Bible said, Jesus said, how did he do it? He said he saw the Father do it. Now, if you put the scriptures together, you'll realize he's seeing himself do it. Why didn't he just say he saw himself? Because it wasn't him that did it. (laughs) The Father did it, but he did it through him. So we know that he saw himself walk over to that man. There were people everywhere. Why didn't he walk to them? He saw himself walk to that man. And he heard himself say, will you be made whole? And he heard himself say, rise, take up your bed and go home. So he just walks over there and did what he saw. He just walked over there and said what he heard and the father manifested himself. Oh, glory to God. And the man was healed and got up and left. And Jesus turned around and walked away because that's all he saw right then. Can you and I operate this way? Is this available to us? Yes. Oh, glory to God. Read it again. John 14. John 14 and 12. These are not my words. These are not your words. These are his words. John 14, 12. What did Jesus say? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me. Didn't say just special amazing prophets or apostles or men or women that know can quote all the Bible and pray night and day. Who? He that believes on me. Is that you? Do you believe on him? Does this apply to you? Is he talking about you? Say it out loud then. The works he did shall I do. Say it again. The works he did, I can do, I shall do. The works, not just the teaching and preaching, not just the praying, the works. Everything he did. First of all, you got to believe it can happen. You got to believe what Jesus said. Secondly, We need to know how he did it. We've already talked about it in detail, but we need to go into more detail. We've, in our circles, we've camped a lot on faith and how to believe God, and that's good. But it takes more than that. you got to know how to see and hear. Because your faith is only connected with that. Jesus didn't say, I just believed God and did all this stuff. Did he? No, he didn't just say, I have so much faith, I can just go in here and do this. You know, people sometimes leave the impression, if you got enough faith, you'll just go clean the hospitals out. You'll go raise all the dead, you'll go clean the hospitals out, you'll go do this. Well, why hadn't somebody done it? Why didn't Paul do it? Why didn't Peter do it? Why didn't Jesus do it? You know the answer to the question? Because they couldn't. Including Jesus. Now I know that sounds strange to your head. But am I quoting him. John 5.19. He's the one that said. And he's our example. And the servant's not above his master. The way he operated. That's the way we'll operate. But this is exciting stuff friend. This is. (laughs) If we can learn how he did it. We can begin to have. The same kind of things happen. In our life. That happened to him. We could, and it sounds easy. I lost somebody right there. You just do what you see. Say what you hear. I mean, a three-year-old can do that. Say, say this. <laughs> Instead of Simon says, it's Jesus says. Say this. Do this. And then step back and let God work. Amen. The enemy so many times has confused me. I know. I struggled with it early on in ministry. My job was in the uh, uh, healing center there at the Kenneth Hagin ministry every day. And we had people come that were given up. 
biomedical science and no hope. Last stages of cancer and blood disease and heart disease and you name it, every other kind of thing. And in the first, I don't know, Phyllis might know better than me, couple of years, three years, I got in a place that wasn't a good place for me because I would take the care of it and responsibility. We had people healed, but we also had people that didn't get healed, and that bothered me. And I'd come back and I'd think, well, you know, maybe if I had more faith, if I was more spiritual, if I knew more of the Word, and of course I'm young in ministry anyhow, and I knew I didn't know much, but it was my job. And I got to praying extra and extra and fasting extra and extra. I fasted so much, none of my clothes would fit. Looks like it'd be a good time to do that again. <laughs> but I, I prayed, and the guys that are with me, we prayed and prayed and prayed. Man, we did a lot of praying and a lot of fasting, but we got off. Do you know you can get off praying and fasting? We got off. And one way you can tell it is if you lose your joy. If so, I don't care how much somebody's praying and fasting. If they're always intense and they're always sober, they're off. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You show me somebody that really is strong spiritually, there's going to be some real joy. Well, I had a burden to pray. Okay, well get down, pray it through, get to victory, and stand up and shout. Don't go around depressed for five days. You're missing it. You know how I know? (laughs) I got too heavy. And I'm sure I was no fun to be around. And I called myself being spiritual. Phyllis was shaking her head. You know, I had to pray. I had to study. I had to do this. Why? Because people are dying. People aren't making it. You hear some people talk the same way. People are going to hell. You say, well, what's wrong with that? A lot is wrong with that. Thank God the Lord helped me. I was praying again, fasting again, and the Lord spoke to me. I mean, it was strong. I don't mean to heard a voice, but inside me, he said, son, He said, you are not the healer. And if you'd asked me 10 minutes before, Keith, are you the healer? I'd have told you no, and yet I'm trying to act like I am. He said, you're not the healer. I thought, well, I thought I knew that, but I reckon I needed to hear it. Lord, help me. He said, I am helping you. (laughs) You're not the healer. I said, yes, sir, I'm not the healer. He said, but you're trying to act like you are. You're carrying around the care for whether these people live or die, acting like it's all riding on your shoulders. I said, I am. He said, you're not the healer. Whether these people live or die, it's not all resting on your shoulders. I've heard people talk about, you know, they quote from the prophet's writing and talked about if you didn't say this or do this their blood would be on your hands and people act like they can't go down the street without witnessing to everybody and it ain't right and it's awkward and it's wrong but yet they're doing it out of fear well I man I don't want their blood to be on my hands you're confused now what he told the man of God is you do what I tell you to do And you won't be responsible. If I tell you to do something and you don't do it. And then they perish. Well you have a responsibility. That doesn't mean you're responsible for everybody that you ever see. And their salvation's a whole lot bigger than what you know and what you see. And it ain't all riding on you. All kind of other people God has used to influence their life. Are not. And ultimately it's their responsibility. Isn't it? It's that way with being saved, with being healed, with being filled with the Spirit, every area. He said, son, it's not all riding on your shoulders whether these people get healed or not. He said, you have a responsibility to do what I tell you to do. And that's it. He said, you seek me, 
You get what I have for you. You share. You preach what I give you to preach. You lay hands on them with faith. You do what I tell you to do. And then you leave and you cast the care of it over on me. And you enjoy your salvation. You cast the care of the rest of it over on me. You enjoy your salvation. We hadn't played. We had just worked night and day. And we began to play some at that time. And I learned how to blow leaves off the road. With my motorcycle. Or my car. I'm not supposed to go around all the time. Trying to carry the burden of everybody's salvation. And everybody's healing. I'm not the savior. I'm not the healer. Nor are you. And if I'm going around depressed all the time. I'm a bad witness. Why would anybody want to be a Christian like me? And I'm so sour. And I'm so down. And I'm so defeated and heavy. No the joy. The joy. The joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's also our witness. It'll make other people want to be a believer when they see you full of joy all the time. Always up. Always free. Can you say amen? Can you say glory to God? Sure, be hungry for God. Press in. You know, be serious. But watch out about getting intense and losing your joy. Because now you're off. Now you're not in faith. And now you're prideful. Acting like you can do something you can't do. Acting like a responsibility is yours that never, you're not big enough to bear. Very foolish. Go, where are you right now? You're in 14. Go to John 8. Can you take a little more? Jesus said he only did what he saw. And said what he heard. How is he seeing this? How is he hearing this? This has been a problem area for most Christians. Because they imagine Jesus being so perfect and so spiritual. He's basically having open visions all the time. Seeing and hearing right into the realm of the Spirit. And he did have some of that. But... They're imagining, man, he's just seeing and knowing and hearing everything in the Spirit. And that ain't me. I mean, that's not my life. That's him because he's so amazing. He's Jesus. But the truth is, you and I are supposed to have hearing and seeing like him. It's the only way we can have the works. Now, there are different levels of seeing. And I think this has been a source of confusion. Brother Hagin used to say that the lowest kind of vision and the highest kind of revelation were very similar. He said the head of the church told him that. That the lowest type of vision and the highest type of revelation, very similar. Have you ever had a revelation? We talked about it. You heard something, you heard something, you heard something, and you got it that 93rd time. What do people say oftentimes when they get it? I see see that. You are seeing. And he said that is very, very similar to the lowest type of vision. There are other types of vision. There is one can fall into a trance. Higher level of seeing. One can have an open vision. You can see in the spirit. Just like you're looking at me right now. But you might go. 20 years. 40 years. Never have that happen. And doesn't mean something's wrong with you. Or you're unspiritual. And it doesn't mean you can't have some seeing. On a regular basis. We must emphasize. This seeing we just referred to. Now in John 8. Notice this. Jesus said. Verse 28. Jesus said, when you've lifted up the Son of Man, you'll know that I am He, and I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. He that sent me is with me, the Father has not left me alone. I do always those things that please Him. And skip down to verse 38. The religious leaders were very upset with Him. And uh, He said to them, I speak that which I have seen with my Father, and you do that which you have seen 
with your father. Now, if you read the verses down just a little bit, you'll see he's talking about their father, the devil. He said, I am seeing and hearing things with my father, God. And you are seeing and hearing things with your father, the devil. Now, do you suppose they're having open visions of the devil? No. They didn't even believe it. They wouldn't accept it. They said, we're not born of fornication. God's our father. They rejected it outright. And yet, is Jesus right? Oh, he's right. So how are they seeing and hearing from the devil? Remember we talked about Philip. Was he seeing and didn't realize he was seeing? See, that's the problem. It's not that we need to clamor, oh God, show us, show us. We are seeing stuff all the time. Do we realize what we're seeing? Are we distinguishing what we're seeing? See, not just seeing, but that word discern and perceive was used earlier. Perceive means and discern means to differentiate. We're seeing, but where is it coming from? We're seeing, but what are we seeing? What are we seeing? How are we seeing? Let me read these verses to you. Proverbs 16.30 says, talking about an evil man, he shuts his eyes to devise forward things. Now stop right there. What's he doing? Is he seeing something? What's he seeing? With his eyes shut. Moving his lips, he brings evil to pass. Now see, the same principle works for evil or for good. People who decide to do bad things, they come up with evil plans. Murder, stealing, backstabbing, you name it. Where'd they come up with this? When did they get this? How'd they come up with this plan? They saw it. They heard it. They saw themselves do it. They heard themselves, and really they didn't realize it, but it was the devil through them. Saying it and doing it. And they went out and said it and did it. And caused great harm. But you could see and hear God. And go out and say and do that. And have miracles. You believe this? Don't over spectacularize it. You don't have to fall into a trance to see. Spiritually. You don't have to have an open vision to see. We're already seeing. Question is where is it coming from? And are we discerning what we're seeing? Micah 2. Micah 2 verse 1. says, Woe to them that devise iniquity. And work evil upon their best. Now we already read in Proverbs. How do they devise the iniquity? They shut their eyes. To devise. The iniquity. Woe to them that devise it by shutting their eyes. From Proverbs. And work evil Where? Upon their beds. When the morning is light, they practice it. Because it's in the power of their hand. Where'd they get it though? Where'd they come up with it? Meditation. They didn't call it that. Spiritual seeing. They didn't call it that. Vision from their father, the devil. They wouldn't call it that. But that's what it is. And that's how they concocted their plan. That's how they got their vision. And then they went out and they said it. And they did it. They implemented it. And death was manifested. And hurt and harm. You and I are not to be open to such things. Are we? We're not to mind or meditate or entertain. Stealing, killing and destroying. But we are to commune with our Father. We are to meditate in His Word. Night and day. What's that going to produce? That's going to produce vision. We're going to see things. And we'll see the Father do things. And we'll see it through us. It'll come up in you. You'll see yourself doing things. You'll hear yourself saying things. And when you have faith and step out to do it, power will be manifest. God will manifest Himself to us. He'll reveal Himself to us. 
And we can have the same kind of things Jesus had in his life and ministry. Do you believe it? Glory to God. Now a big question is, where are we looking? How many know what you're seeing has a whole lot to do with where you're looking? You say, well, I don't like what I'm seeing. (laughs) Quit looking there. (laughs) Quit looking there. Look somewhere else. I don't like what I'm thinking about. Well, who's making you look at it? I'm tired of thinking about these old bills. It's just bills, bills, bills. They're piled up to the ceiling and I'm just... I'm fed up with thinking about them all the time. Well, why don't you quit? (laughs) Well, can't help it. That's a lie. What you choose to look at on the inside is up to you. It's an empowering thing, my friend, to realize no matter what, you see, I mean, you might see disease and vile stuff in your body, but you can close your eyes and see healing. Anytime you want to. All the devils in hell and disease in the world can't prevent you from doing that. You can choose to do it. You might be over your eyes and debt and bills piled up everywhere if you look out here. But the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. That means a different kind of seeing. Second Corinthians 4.18 says, For we look not at those things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen. How do you look at things not seen? It's spiritual seeing, and it's not as mystery as people think it is. It's going on all the time. Evil people are doing it. Unsaved people are doing it. They don't realize what they're doing, but they're doing it. Bills everywhere. Dead everywhere. You can go. I'm tired of looking at that. (laughs) My God shall supply. All my need. And don't just say it. See, oh, somebody's getting it in here. Don't just say it. See it. Oh, hallelujah. That was worth you getting dressed and coming to church right there. (laughs) His word produces vision. Produces faith. That's when you get excited is when you see it. That's when the faith comes. It's when you see it, you go, oh yeah, I see that. I see me as healed. None of these things move me. I know I feel it. I know it. I see it outside and I know they said it. But I see me as healed. By stripes I was healed. He took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. I see me as healed in Jesus. I see me as healed. With long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Now, does that paint a picture? Does that paint a picture? That pay, you can't die young and have that come to pass. You can't die in middle age. What kind of picture does that paint? You making it through this and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing until you old. Old. You so old that old people call you old. Full of days in life, satisfied, done it all, seen it all, run your whole race. Now you go when you and God get good and ready for you to go and not with one of the devil's stinking diseases or accidents. Just lay your head on the pillow and close your eyes and slip out of your body like a hand out of a glove. See it. See it. See it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can see yourself with it, you can have it. If you can see yourself doing it, you can do it. Isn't that what Jesus said? Jesus said, I can't do anything of myself, but if I can see it. (laughs) If the Father shows it to me, I can step right out and do it. 
If he says it to me, I can step right up and say it. And it'll come to pass. Friends, we're tapping into something here. We are. We're getting into something here that opens up the whole supernatural spiritual life of the power of God. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet, everybody. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Lift up your hands. Lift up your heart. Oh, Father, we worship you. We worship you. We praise you. We exalt you. We glorify you. We magnify you. Praise 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 you. Close your eyes, everybody. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Is it possible to keep seeing after your eyes are closed? Oh, the best kind of seeing comes that way. Ah. Say it out loud, Father. I believe in you. I love you. I love the Lord Jesus above everything, above my own life. I want to please you in everything. I want to do what you say. I want to prove my love to you by keeping your words, obeying what you say. Forgive me for looking at the wrong things. Forgive me for not paying attention or discerning what I was seeing in you. And I pray, open my eyes and my ears so I can really see and perceive what I'm seeing and discern what is of you, vision from you. Our vision from the enemy. Help me to discern it. To perceive it. To distinguish it. To separate it. And by your grace. I believe. What you show me. I can do. I can be. I can have. What you say to me. I will say. Over myself. And it will surely come to pass. To your glory. In Jesus name. Praise you Lord. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.